Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Known as the Pet Biz Whiz, Dom Hodgson helps struggling pet business owners make more money and create a more impactful business. He does this by teaching how to position yourself as an expert leader, which helps you attract more affluent clients, actually, that will happily pay your higher prices. I know you would love that. And these clients stay longer and refer more of their wealthy dog-owning friends, too. Dom has authored nine books, including his most recent, How to Disneyfy Your Pet Business, which shares the secrets of offering memorable experiences at every stage of a customer journey. I can't wait to hear all about how we can Disneyfy our businesses from Dom. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Dom, welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast. I'm so excited to have another pet business coach with me today. Oh, thank you so much, Candice. I'm thrilled to be here. Genuinely, really thrilled. And yeah, you were, you went down a storm when you came on my show. So yeah, you set the bar high. I'm hoping I'm going to deliver. <laughs> oh, I, I know you're going to deliver. I know you're going to deliver. I really enjoyed being on your podcast. Tell everybody real quick about your podcast. 
Yeah, so it's the Poodle to Pitbull Pet Business Podcast, and we teach people how to go from being poodles to pitbulls. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah. poodles, but you know, pitbulls tend to be a bit more tenacious. So that, that's what it's about. We interview dog trainers, dog groomers, doggy daycare owners, yeah, and, and, and different kind of celebrity figures in the pet industry as well. So yeah, hence you were on there. Ah, well, th- wow. So I think the first time I've been called a celebrity in the pet industry. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks so much. And it was a lot of fun. And it was so fun to get to know you through that podcast. It was a great discussion. And so I wanted to return the favor and ha- introduce you to our audience of pet business owners here in the, well, I want to say the majority of our listeners are in the US. Our next country is Canada. We have some all over, you know, Europe, but it is pretty wild when you have a podcast to see how like the global impact that you can have. I think our podcast is actually streaming in almost like 73 countries or something, you know, a few little downloads here and there, but they still count, right? Yeah. It's absolutely. pretty, really, really powerful. It's crazy. And the amount of people who kind of come into my world, you know, because, you know, they heard me on a podcast like three years ago or something like that, you know, and yeah, so it's a really great medium for connecting with a wide audience and people, you seem to really connect with them as well. Yeah. So you are, you know, across the ocean from us here in the US and the UK your company is called Pet Business Marketing. Please tell us a little bit about your current role as a pet business coach and who you serve. Cool. So yeah, since probably 2017, really, I've been primarily coaching with others, consulting with other pet businesses. It came about because of kind of all of the things that I did in my own business, really. You know, I wrote a book, I did email marketing, I ran events, kind of did all these different things. And people were saying to me, you know, how are you doing that? You know, why are you doing that? Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of what it came about. It was quite organic. And then I thought I'd found my calling, Candice, when I, when I was a dog trainer, you know, I was thinking my mission is to help dog owners have a better relationship with their pets. I really struggled at the time when I was open to the world of coaching because I was thinking, oh, this is taking me away from my passion, you know, but in the end, I kind of had a new mission, which was, well, why don't I... Instead of me just helping pet dog owners, why don't I help pet business owners, you know, better get their message out there so that they can better connect with dog owners in their area. And that Mm. way I can, you know, I can have more of an impact. So that's, that's kind of my mission, really. I love that you shared that because similarly, I as well, you know, I had my pet retail stores and businesses and I really loved my doggy dick. I mean, I really loved working with the animals. It was a lot of fun. But I had found too that I was like, I I don't really, I'm not as passionate about dog nutrition as I am about business, like talking about the small business mm-hmm. success, you know, it really was like, I was much more drawn to like what, the little tweaks you can do that, yeah, I can make you more money or give you a sense of calm or control. And it was like, it's really, I don't want to say it's, it's not, it, it is hard, but it's not like this huge secrets. It's really about, if you just don't know what to do, it can you know, really overwhelming and like impossible to get through something. But the reality are, is that there's a lot of resources out there, like what you share and what I share that can really, really transform lives. And so I agree with you. Like it's, it's can be so impactful, the work that we're doing to help mm-hmm. other pet professionals because it trickles down, right? And then they have better businesses. They can help more pets and more people have better lives too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we, I'm sure you do this with your guys too, but, you know, I talk to my guys a lot about niching, you know, and finding a niche, finding a speciality. And usually your niche would be where most of your money comes from, you know, like with mm-hmm. the biggest or the section of clients that are giving you the most money or the section of dogs, or the section of behaviors or something like that. And it's usually what you enjoy as well. It's usually the thing you enjoy the most. And as it was with me, you know, just as yeah. like what you said, I was thinking, you know, I'm actually, I don't know why, but like, I'm really in love with marketing and I really yeah. want to learn more about direct response. And I really, you know, yeah. I love doing all this thinking way more than I love doing this. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's worked out really well. Yeah. And so let's go back to the beginning. How did this all start? You know, right. Were you always in the pet industry? 
I was not. No, I left school wanting to be a song and dance man. So wow. I, uh, yeah, all through my sort of teenage years. But really, you wanted to work at Disney from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah, I finally found my calling. Yes. I, um, uh, no, I did. I, I was into singing. I was into dancing, all this kind of thing. I really sort of I had my, you know, my sights set on a life on the stage. But for one reason or another, that didn't really quite work out. And I ended up, we had quite a young family, actually. So Beth, who you've um, conversed with, I know she's my wife and operations manager here. We had Alex, our eldest son. We had him really quite young, you know. And so kind of life took a different turn. I had to get a, a proper job. Yep. And I ended up falling into a sales job, really. And I never done anything like that before, but I loved it. I loved that as well. I loved selling. I loved, you know, communicating with people. It was face-to-face -face selling. So it was slightly different to what we do, you know, now. But it was... It was fantastic. And that was for a FTSE 100 company, Imperial Tobacco. So I was selling the dreaded death sticks, you know, and <laughs> it was like a really weird turn of events. But it, yeah. um, it, it was but hey, you had to feed your family. You had to, you know, you had to it feed the family for sure. Yeah. yeah. And more than that, you know, it was a great job, bonuses, company car. Yeah. I'm struggling to think why I left now, but no, seriously, <laughs> it, was, it was like, it was great. I just didn't really, I did it for 10 yeah. years and didn't really want to do it for another 30. So yeah. my wife said, my wife said, I'll support, you know, we'll support you. you. want to go in a different direction? And the only things I wanted to do at the time, I knew I wanted to work outdoors and I knew I wanted to work with dogs purely because we'd recently adopted a dog to Bordeaux. And I'd had to have a bit of a passing interest in dog training. And I'd been helping out with a local rescue as well. And I'd seen the benefits of giving like more exercise to the dogs. I'd been running with the rescue dogs and stuff like that. And so I thought, why don't I build a business around that? And Pack Leader Dog Adventures was born. So that was in 2011. Mm -hmm. Business took off pretty well. I was in a kind of, because I'd come from a sales and marketing background, I had the unusual position of my marketing skills were better than my actual dog handling skills. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of got full and then I realized I didn't really know what I was doing. So I had to go on a whole kind of dog training education. Start with a guy called John Rogerson, very famous dog trainer over here, recently sadly passed away. But yeah, and that kind of really transformed my life really. You know, I learned all about the power of dog training and how to connect with the dog and yeah. Business went on a whole, um, you know, it really what? lifted everything. It was going really, really well. Uh, yeah. I segued to open an online store. Um, could have done with you back if I'd, uh, <laughs> if, you, if we'd connected and kind of realized at that point that I didn't really know as much about marketing as I thought I did. So I also didn't love the business model either. And I knew I needed to find something that I was kind of really in love with. But whatever I did next, I knew I needed to get really good at marketing, really. So invested in programs, you know, attended masterminds, read lots of books and all this kind of thing, and just basically tooled up, similar to what I had done with the dog training a couple of years earlier. I tooled up with the marketing. Things just went on. A, it went crazy then, really. I had online dog training programs, and I wrote books. And then, yeah, that's when I started to kind of teach other people how to do this too. And it's kind of gradually morphed into the pet business marketing coaching consultant business that I yeah. have now. So do you still have your dog walking business, dog training business? Yeah, so that's that, that's quite scaled down. So my eldest son, Alex, who I mentioned at the start, he's he works in the business now. He kind of runs oh, that fun. side of things. But yeah, but we've kind of, we've scaled it right down. Yeah. It's kind of it's manage uh, manageable so that you can do that and yeah, then the clients yeah, you want to serve. And that's it. Yeah. You don't have to build these big businesses that like take up all our time and that require us to have all this team. We really need to build businesses that serve the life that we want, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and because of one of the things that I really got right when I started my business was I knew I wanted to be premium, you know? Mm -hmm. Before I even thought about starting a dog business, I kind of, I knew from 
<laughs> this is a weird story, but I knew from the, the cigarettes that we sold, you know, so we had like expensive cigarettes and we had like cheap cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And like, I knew there was this kind of same stuff in there, you know, yeah. it, was, it was how it was marketed is how you, how you can charge the higher prices, you know? So yeah. I knew if I, if I had a garage, I would want to sell Ferraris and not Fords and all this kind of thing. And so when I started Pack Leader Dog Adventures, I went in super premium from the start, even though I had no experience. And yeah, that kind of facilitated the lifestyle I was able to have because you can make a lot of money if you charge high prices with very, very few clients. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. So I had, when you were talking, it made me think of just our own members in the Pet Boss Club. We do have some dog trainers and when they come to our Zoom sessions or they come to give advice to our members on challenges they're facing in their business, our dog trainers give some of the best advice because it's like they've gone through this training to really understand behaviors and situations and distractions. They have such a different awareness about learning too and, and getting results that you want that I can just see how that can translate so much more nicely into not only running a business, but dealing with employees and people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and did you yeah. find that in your own? Are you able to kind of merge those yeah, uh, categories? Yeah, 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 I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Because you, you have to have a, a greater awareness of how people learn and, yeah. you know, yeah. the different triggers and stuff that, you know, might interrupt that learning. I think as well, dog trainers, and because they do so much kind of teaching. Yeah. They tend to develop their own style. You know, they use a lot of analogies and stuff, yeah. you know, because they're trying to convey really quite complex sometimes behavioral issues in a way that a pet dog owner can understand, you know? And yeah, yeah so that's something, one of the things that I talked to a lot of my dog trainers about is like, you know, you can't talk to your audience the same way that you talk to like your dog geek friends in yeah. your Facebook groups and stuff, you know, because yeah. like they don't understand and they're not right. interested, you know? Right, right. You've got to like tone it down yeah. and give it to them in a, a way that like an 11 year old would understand. All right. So you've written these books. You do a lot of online educating. You have your podcast. And I, I've been I've been following, even though we haven't known each other, you know, I see you on social media and I knew about your podcast. But now I'm seeing you like going on tour. You're you're traveling across the US and holding in-person conferences and many workshops. And I see some of our US-based pet sitters that I'm also friends with through social media and through the network attending your workshops and really learning from you. I would love for you to, to share more about what that tour looks like here in 2023. And then I have a question for you. I really want to know the differences that you've discovered, if any, between our two markets, the US either pet parent versus the UK pet parent and what the business models look like here versus there. Sure thing, sure thing. Okay, let's let's chunk that up then. First of all, the tour kind of <laughs> uh, the tour came about. I was originally, believe it or not, I did a I've done a number of tours in the UK, and I was originally going to come over to the states in 2018, and I had a number of places organized, and then like for one reason or another, it just kind of didn't happen, you know. Yeah. And so then 2019 came, and I, had, I did a big event in the UK. And then obviously the pandemic came along. Yeah. And so that kind of put everything back. And then it kind of it was a bit serendipitous, really, how it happened. I was going to be in Orlando last October attending an event, actually. I was going to go to learn from a guy called Vance Morris, who was running an ultimate client experience thing at Disney. And around the same time as I was booking that, I was doing a podcast interview with Doug Keeling, 
Lane, who's a pet business owner in Florida too. Uh-huh. And yeah, I was just we were just like, um, you know, chewing the fat after the podcast. And I said, you know, hey, but how would you fancy hosting this? You know, whilst I'm over there, let's let you know. And so that's that's how it all kind of started, really. And we did the first Grow Your Pet Business Fast seminar in Orlando in October. And then it kind of, it went so well. People came along, they seemed to love it that I thought, you know, do you know what? And I enjoyed it too, <laughs> obviously. So yeah, I was like, do you know what? Let's um, let's roll the dice a little bit here. This was a part of your, your plan anywhere a few years ago. So time to crank it up and get the suitcase out and the passport. And uh, so, yeah, so we, we've been to Texas in last month in January. I'm going to be in Annapolis and New York in April. And I think we're going back there again in August and then back to Florida in October. Yeah. So that's, awesome. that's how it looks. It's wonderful. I love following you on social media and seeing your sessions and the group photos and what you're teaching there. That's so great. It's great. Yeah, it's great. And it's great for me to learn as well. Like I'm learning all the time as you are, you know, yeah. aren't we? We oh, know, yeah. you know, we've, you know, we're always we've learning, yeah. a huge amount of knowledge and, you know, we love sharing it and seeing people implement it and, you know, taking action and getting results, but we're learning too, you know? And, yeah. and so part of this journey for me coming over and sharing what I've got to share is about learning about these other businesses as well, you know, and what right. their challenges are and, and sort of thinking, okay, well, how does what I know, how does what I've got in my toolbox, how can I help you do that? You know, how can I give you a fresh take on things? So yeah, it's been really, it's been really insightful for me. Big differences between the two markets are, like you said before, I don't, in essence, there aren't really, there's no like major differences, I don't think, you know, there's nothing where I think, well, that's totally different over there to what it is over here. And all I really think is, I think your market is a bit more advanced, you know, so in the States, there's a lot more, as it usually is, you know, whatever starts off in your west coast kind of feeds out to the rest of the country and then you know it eventually works its way over the pond you know to where i am so yeah just that the markets are a lot more advanced you know i think there's there's a, a lot of sort of pet businesses like you have with like pooper scoopers and things like that like they're kind of just getting going over here really those type of businesses which is really interesting whereas over there they're like everywhere aren't they you know and so yeah there's just like one example with the pooper scooper thing where these kind of trickle down like what you said you know people need dog care and they need uh, dogs training and they need like pets grooming yeah then they have needed that for like whatever you know 20 30 years or 40 years or whatever but there's other all these other little industries that are coming out now from that Mm -hmm. you know looking at wellness looking at dog therapy and all this massage and whatever all these different kinds of things um Mm -hmm. yeah they're all kind of trickling down and they're all kind of slowly making their way over here I have spent previously a lot of time in Europe, mostly in Ireland, and but traveled around a lot. Okay. And what's interesting from the from this was now maybe you know a decade ago or longer, but you know dogs would just be running around the town, little towns, mm. you know, and they'd all come back for dinner, and they all you yeah. know like everybody knew who mm. they were, and you would mm. get your pet supplies from the veterinarian shops that were all there. They catered to everybody, the farmers, and the, and they were these little you know little storefronts. But now what we're seeing even and. More recently, though, are a lot of people who are passionate about wanting to open up their dog boutiques or their grooming salons and services, but they're still in these really little little towns, and so they're having a hard time either you know finding the customers to want to to use them still in some of the smaller towns in Europe. But it does get down to marketing, right? Absolutely, that's what it all comes back to all the time. Yeah, yeah. Or even Disneyfying your business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I want to dive now into your book, How to Disneyfy Your Pet Business. And I also want to share for our listeners, because I've never shared this, I don't think, is that I got to work at Disney in Orlando at Disney World for about three months. I did their Disney University like college program. And I thought, 
when I signed up, I was going to learn all these amazing things about like go through their college program. I got, you know, internship credit. It ended up being really, I mean, I don't want to like bash the program and it could have changed again. This was like 20 something years ago, 25 years ago, maybe even, but it was like a 30 minute class where we all jammed us into this little thing, a 30 minute class once a week. And it was really more a program so that Disney could get pretty inexpensive labor workers <laughs> mm-hmm. into their parks. Cause hundreds of them, not thousands of us would come for this program. And then we got, I, I was placed at the all-star resort, which is a, one of the resorts there. And I was put into their food court cafeteria area. So I was slinging pasta and spaghetti and making pizza in my really colorful, you know, polyester uniform, <laughs> the name badges that said where we were from, but the whole experience was amazing. You know, I got to meet people from all over Brazil. We're in, we're actually working where I was. And what was great, what I thought was interesting is that Disney would know the travel seasons of the different countries and people that coming to that area. And then they would intentionally hire people from those regions to come and work to speak the languages of when their guests were at the park. I thought that was so brilliant, you know? And, And so there were so many things that we did actually learn, even though I wasn't, you know, getting paid that much. And then they charged us rent and all the stuff too. But I was like, well, they're running a business. I guess I really learned about how businesses run business. <laughs> Hell yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. You you know, you mentioned there about the them hiring people. You know, Disney's all about the details, you know, yeah. aren't they? And that's one of the reasons, you know, they know their numbers. They know they're on top of everything all the time. They know how many pins the pin trader has exchanged oh, yeah. over there, you know, and if all these numbers are moving, they, you know, because it's a it's a business. It's a, it's a machine, isn't it? Machine. You know, it, it is a machine. It provides magic and memorable experiences, but it also has to make a lot of money. And, mm. and it's a wonder you were just there right with your family recently, right? No. So I was there. I have been with my family. So we okay. went, we've been twice to uh, Orlando and a couple of times to Euro Disney, Disneyland Paris as well. Uh, but yeah, I went over on my own this time in October to attend specifically mm. to attend a, like a Disney client experience event, you know, so to find out like how they make the magic kind of thing. And yeah, it was, it was mind blowing. You know, I've done quite a bit of study on Disney anyway. I shared a lot of what I learned with my, you know, my inner circle and stuff and my coaching clients. And, but yeah, this was real, took it to a whole next level. And I kind of, I managed to launch my book at the same time when I was there. So I got lots of cool pictures of me walking right. around Epcot and uh, stuff with the with the book as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your book. Tell us more about it. Okay. So like I said, this kind of started off for me where I would look at big companies like Apple and Amazon and Walmart and all these different companies, you know, and some people think, well, what what can I learn from them? You know, because I'm just little old me, you know, the, the business owner. But the truth is, there's lots of things you can learn from these big businesses that you can apply to your small business. And Disney was one of these companies that I looked at. And you know, you, you hit on it before when you said all of these people were going, getting paid not very much and paying rent and all this kind of thing as well and not getting a lot in return. But you go because of the cachet, don't you? You'd go because part of it certainly is because it's Disney, isn't oh, it? And, you know? and I got to put Disney on my resume, which then pinged some systems and I got great other interviews later for different jobs. Precisely, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's got that. And I think the big lesson there, big sort of meta lesson for pet business owners, there's a lot of advantages to positioning yourself as like the one, you know, the the ultimate, the, you know, that extra, you know, je ne sais quoi, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You've got that extra something about your business that just elevates you and positions you above everybody else and not only like you should do that you know you should be striving to put in place the different marketing tactics and techniques and tools that help you to do that that help you to elevate your business because if people see you as being you know the best pet store the best dog walker the best dog trainer it just makes it much easier for you to get clients you know (laughs) and it's easier for you to charge high prices and you know and it makes the business a lot more fun 
Uh, Dan Kennedy said, you know, there are no advantages to being like the, the, the next lowest priced person in your town, you know, and, and so you either want to be the cheapest or the most expensive. You certainly don't want to be the cheapest. So you might as well be the most expensive and be known for being the best. And yeah, so lots of different in the book, I cover like five different marketing magic marketing keys, if you like, that people can use to spread a bit of Disney magic on their own business. Yeah, the first one is kind yeah, of. I was like, wow. I was like, you got to share some with us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom, I'm, don't I'm, leave us hanging. I'm into it. I'm in. <laughs> so yeah, the first one, which is kind of on one level, it's like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, and and, and that it's not really a real thing. We're talking about the wow factor. You know, how do you add that wow factor? How do you add that special certain something to make the business memorable? You know, what is it that Disney does that like Six Flags don't do? You know, or what is it that they, they do that's different? And the fact is they strive to create these little wows, you know, these little memorable experiences. So it doesn't matter whether you are, you know, walking through the gate to the, and the parade starting or whether you're getting served a hot dog or whether you're standing in line for a ride. Something's happening to elevate the experience. And for a pet business owner, what you can do to kind of recreate that in your own business is you can look at like your your systems, your customer journey for a day. And like identify, okay, how can we how can we make this more, more of a wow factor moment? You know, so if you have an answer phone message, how can you make that more of a wow factor memorable experience for someone rather than just saying, you know, I'm not in, please leave a message. You know, you can do better than that. You know, you can do something that's going to make them think, wow, you know, what's next? And then, you know, when they get an application form for you to fill in for their dog training, you know, what are you sending with that, you know, to that to make them feel special? You know, when you when the dog's done their first walk with you or when someone's made their first purchase in a store or something, you know, what are you doing to make them feel something? Because if you can make them feel something, then you can quite literally put this is what fuels word of mouth you know people love telling stories about great experiences and if you provide great experiences for your clients memorable magical experiences they will tell more stories about your business this will fuel word of mouth you know and yeah this is kind of what we was what i've been talking to my guys about for a couple of years now and they've got all these different systems now for onboarding gifts and referral things and you know all these different little wow moments and one of the reasons why you you really want to double down on this is because imagine Candice imagine if and we've kind of been through this we've been in business a while now so you know we've seen like Facebook has come and disrupted things and uh, you know SEO and all these different things there's always like a new disruptive thing coming along isn't there and we get told that we got to like jump on it imagine if in like three months time the only business that you were going to get could come from referrals Okay, imagine if that was the case. What would you do? What would you be prepared to do now in order to provide a memorable experience for your clients so that they were keen to, desperate to, wanted to tell other people about what it is that you were doing in your business, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great way to yeah, turn like a referral tap on almost and have it continually flowing all the time uh, to, to really look at your processes and try and add in this sort of wow factor. Yeah. What you're sharing there is that, you know, even all of the social platforms, what like TikTok right now is right. It's so hot. Right. And some people yeah. can make, some people can make a lot of money becoming a TikTok star or leading those referrals into other opportunities for you. But I think what, I think what you're hitting on here too, and what I, I like to preach a lot is those still those foundations of business are so important mm -hmm. and you can build a very successful business still without having to feel the pressure of being a content creator. You still can, you still can. Yeah. 
And I know that even in our world, there's a lot of coaches who say like, oh, don't listen to these outdated methods of like, you know, what to do. You need all this online traffic, which you you do if that's your strategy, if that's your lane and that's where you want to go, that's fine. But it can be tech can be scary and putting yourself out there on camera can be scary. And so I'm I'm glad you brought this up. It is exhausting. Yeah. And so, and that work, if you don't know how it works, you know, then you're going to feel like it didn't work. And why are you doing this? When to get to your point, to go back to these things you're going to talk about in your book, did Disney's been doing this stuff for decades, generations, right? And, and that wow. They've got really good at it. Yeah. And they've gotten (laughs) really good at it. So I love that wow factor is very, very important to set yourself apart and, and building that referral business. So I want our listeners to know that you do not have to be a TikTok star to have a successful business. <laughs> no, All right. What else in this book do we need to okay, this learn is, about? This is quite a cool one, I think. When we think about your favorite D- Disney films, so let's let's ask you, Candace, let's put you on the spot here. Favorite Disney films from, uh, you know, when you were growing up, what was your was Oh your my gosh, one? it would be like Little Mermaid. <laughs> I oh, love Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid. That's a great one, yeah. And a great one. It ha- highlights my point actually really well. Yeah. She's got a fantastic villain, hasn't she? Yeah, it? she does. Ursula, but yes. Ursula, yeah. She's like... She's Poor like... unfortunate souls. <laughs> <laughs> There's the clip. There's the clip yeah. we need to play for the Instagram. Brilliant. Yeah, so, so that's a great example. The best Disney films usually have like the best villains you know and and the villain's really important to the story it's used to not just in cartoons and and disney stuff in all kind of storytelling you know in wrestling which is obviously big where you are you know they used to say you know that the hero is only good as the heel you know so if there's someone's the more popular someone will be the superstar wrestler usually is because you've got a really good combative you know ongoing battle going on with uh with with a villain and so villains are important and villains are also important in your marketing as well. And a lot of pet business owners make the mistake of they only really talk about the benefits of their service. They only really talk about the like the outcomes and stuff of their service, which is important for sure, because we want to communicate, you know, what it is that we do and, and how it can help people. But the real way, the real way to get more eyes on the business and to get more people interested in your solutions, in your hero service, is to talk more about the villain, talk more about the problem. You know, what is the big problem that your ideal client is suffering from? So if you're a dog trainer, a puppy trainer, you know, it might be the the fear that the dog is going to grow up aggressive and bite the children. Do you know I mean, that might be the big villain in the room. You know, if it's a small business owner, a store owner, like where you deal with a lot of these guys, you know, it could be the it could be the big, uh, the big chain. You know what I mean? It could be something like what is the villain? You know, yeah, big and chain so, or big, yeah, we, big dog food manufacturers who are absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All these things. Yeah. You know, so. So you've got to really think about what is the villain and talk about that in your marketing more, you know, put it front and center, you know, and yeah, really people are attracted to problems, you know, ever since the caveman days, you know, when Ugg, the caveman was walking along looking for food and he heard a rustle in the bushes and his kind of his senses went up and he was like, oh, what, it could be a snake, could be a tiger, you know, am I going to get eaten? We're attracted to problems. If you're walking along the beach and you, you're having a wonderful day, but then you see a dog poop on the floor, you know, and you kind of, it, it's, it's a potential problem, you know, so we're attracted to problems and dog owners are the same. They're attracted to problems. And if you talk more about what it is, that they are really suffering from, that they are really worried about, that's keeping them awake at night. Trust me, you have dog owners out there, they're they're lying awake at night worrying about, you know, oh my God, I can't believe I've got to go to work tomorrow and leave the dog home alone all day. Or 
my dog's getting fat or his teeth are getting this, you know, I wish I could, I wish I knew a better kind of food to feed him or, you know. Yeah. Or like, I, I was just dealing with this day, like, oh my gosh, he's get, he keeps getting me up in the middle of the night. Cause he has to, he's having an upset stomach right now. There's diarrhea yeah. on the floor. I'm going to leave for the day and I'm going to have a mess in my house. Like, why does he have diarrhea? You know, worrying about what's going on there in his GI tract. Yeah. All kinds of issues. Oh, everything, everything, everything. Yeah. You know, and, and if you can, if you can find out what those problems are, which isn't too difficult, you just usually involves asking your clients, you know, what were, what was the big thing you were worried about before you, you hired me, you know, um, you'll get these answers and then you can put them in your marketing and it will help you attract more of the kind of people who you, you really love working with. So use the villain, find the villain, use the villain in your marketing. I love that. Okay. I know I don't want you to share all five because I want us to all go get this book, but do you have time to share one more? Yeah, I'll just do a quickie then. This, this okay. will be a quickie. So this is, we talk about um, Peter Pan promotions. So Peter Pan promotions to make your profits fly. So sprinkle a little bit of pixie dust on your, on your pet business promotions. Now, um, when you, when you were your pet business owner, we usually offer a certain amount of key services. And then, and those are the things that we're going to be talking about, like, those are things that we have to offer like all the time, you know, and whether we like it or not, this, if we're talking about the same stuff all the time, it can make the marketing a little bit boring, you know? So um, a good example of this would be like a restaurant, a restaurant who does different kind of, um, they might be a regular restaurant, but they might do different kind of specials during the week. You know, they might have like steak night and they might have like curry night, you know, and they might do all these different things. And, and they bring in different kinds of customers on these different nights who like these different varieties, or they bring in customers who just like trying something different, you know? And so, yeah, putting a, putting kind of a, a seasonal twist on your services. We've got Valentine's Day as we record, this is coming up, you know, Easter's right around the corner as well. And then we've got the summer and Halloween and Christmas, and all these kind of things. And Disney do this magnificently well, you know, if you go to Disney in like at Halloween time, everything is all pumpkins and, you know, the, the parade is different. It's, you're still experiencing all the same kind of things that you would any other time of the year, but you kind of, they kind of dressed it all up a little bit differently and it makes it feel new and fresh. And so if you can put a seasonal twist on your, your pet business promotions, whatever services or products you offer, yeah, you'll get fresh eyes on, on what you're doing and it'll help you sell more stuff. I love that seasonal twist to make it fresh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have to go buy this book now. Uh, so where do we go to buy the book? <laughs> you can go to petbusinessmarketing.com forward slash magic book. And you can get it there and you get the audio book and stuff as well. Cool. If the listeners have been able to understand by me talking, then they should understand <laughs> the audio book. Yes. Just fine. And we will link to it in our show notes of this episode. So all we have to do is head on over to petboss.com forward slash episode 71 as a number not typed out episode seven. And then the number one, uh, we will link to your book and all the other places that they can find you, um, online to connect with you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So I ask a lot of my guests this question as we wrap up here and it's what does boss in your business mean to you? Boss in my business to me means I can work with the kind of people that I enjoy working with when I want to work with them and charge the kind of prices that I want to earn if and when I want to work, you know, that's what it means to me. It means doing, working with who I want, when I want, charging the kind of prices that I want. And if you kind of position your business, like we talked about at the start, you know, yeah. in a dizzy kind of way, 
that's what can happen. It's happened with me with my dog adventure business. It happens with me now in my coaching business. And yeah, it, it just makes business so much more fun when you can do it on your terms. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, why we all become entrepreneurs to begin with, because we think, you know, that's what the desire is. And then we work more than we've ever worked for anybody ever, <laughs> right? When it's our own business, but we don't have to stay in that rut. We don't have to stay in that rut. We can take the principles that you're teaching and apply them and get that freedom lifestyle or whatever kind of lifestyle it is that we want to be able to work where we want, when we want, with who we want, where we want, all that good stuff. I love that. All right, Dom, thank you so much for being here today. This has been so fun. I can't wait for our listeners to get access to this little episode. And I just thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thank you so much for inviting me. You've been an absolute pleasure as always. And yeah, I wish you all the very best for the future. You've got an exciting time. Yeah, uh, new new mom. mom new, I was just like, oh, I'm like, hope I can take some of my dog momming-ness and bring it into the human world. I think I can. I think I think I'm sure you can. You'll yeah, find I think a way. There'll be, there'll be a little bit of overlap. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Tom. Did you know that we also have a weekly emailed newsletter and a blog, all full of amazing business building tools for you, completely free resources. And that's how you stay in the know with everything that we have happening at Pet Boss Nation. Now, the best way to get on our email list if you're not currently is to visit petboss.com, scroll to the bottom of the site and jump on our newsletter right there because this podcast is just one of the many ways that we provide free tips and resources to pet professionals all over the globe. All right, visit petboss.com to jump on our email newsletter list and you'll find out about newest blog posts, newest podcast episodes, as well as any free webinars or trade shows or appearances that we might be going to. All right, let's stay connected every single week, not just through the podcast, but through your email too. Visit petboss.com.